Hello, and here we go again for another edition of the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast, and welcome to October. In true Colorado fashion, it's cool and it's rainy. This is the show that explores all things transportation, anything that gets you from here to over there. I am the traffic anchor and the transportation reporter, a specialist, if you will, for Denver 7 News, Jason Luber. I'm Denver 7 executive producer, Joseph Peters. You might call me a pedestrian specialist. Zealot. Like we've firmly established your zealotousness. Let's see. We shall see. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, it is bear season, and your wife's school has, uh, has is now fully prepared. Correct. They have ordered a bear-proof dumpster. We are ready to go. You are ready to go. We are bear aware. It was about a month ago that we had a bear go through my neighborhood, knock over a bunch of the trash cans, and my neighbor next door actually got video of it. I came out and I saw uh, the trash cans down, and I heard something be- be- between several of the houses. And I looked and looked, and I didn't. I didn't see the bear. I'm actually a little bit glad I didn't. <laughs> I imagine so. The bear was going to be hungry, and he wanted a piece of me. If you want to reach the show, you can call 303-832-0217. That's the number. Right to our comment line. It is open now. It's ready for you to call. No operator standing by, just my voice waiting to tell you how to leave a message for this very program. 303-832-0217. That is 303-832-0217. We can't promote that number enough. All right, so coming up in just a bit, we'll speak to Doug Platt. He is uh, with an organization that actually helps a lot of people about some vanity license plates that are actually going up for sale they're on auction right now in the state of Colorado. There's also uh, five specialty license plates that are going to go up for a live auction. Um, they have plates like Burnout, uh, Spoon, Quick, Hang On, It's Fast. Who wants Spoon? I don't know. Uh, you know, like a, a yeah, yogurt lover? Yeah, I'm the guy with the Spoon license plate. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe somebody who likes to... Uh, cuddle with their significant other. Sure. Okay. Something okay. like that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but there are others on the list that I don't quite understand. Um, there's fluxing. I think that's coming from the Back to the Future movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's E85PWR, so I think E85 Power. Okay. But who really wants to promote that their car runs on E85? That sounds kind of... <laughs> Somebody from Boulder? Maybe. Uh, there's uh, Z06. I guess that's for the... What is that? Is that that's the uh, Cor- uh, Camaro? I think so, yeah. Uh, M5. There's Bugatti. There's Jaguar. I was going to say, I noticed a lot of them are just expensive cars, right? People right. who want to buy the expensive license plate that says the name of their expensive car. Uh, and the five that are being auctioned live are 911... Now, I, I'm surprised that somebody would want 911 on their license plate. Maybe it's for the Porsche, but maybe it's for emergency services. I don't I th- know. I think if you're here in Colorado and you're going to get the 911 one, you have to get it as a Broncos vanity plate. Because if you watch the Broncos, <laughs> you want to call 911. This is coming from a man who's wearing his Patriots hat right now. Sorry, boys. Uh, Bentley and McLaren also available on that list. But anyway, uh, we'll speak to Doug. Here coming up about all of that, uh, coming up in just a little bit. I, you know, it's interesting. I haven't heard about this auction thing in the past, 
And so um, I guess we'll give us the lowdown of what's going on. Uh, by the way, breaking news to the podcast. Breaking news. Effective October 1st. Super Shuttle. The big blue vans are no longer serving the city of Denver. According to their website, they say the Super Shuttle will no longer be serving the Denver market and is no longer accepting reservations. Customers with existing reservations have been affected and have already been notified. Another casualty of the Lyft economy, man. That's what I think. Uh, You do not need a shuttle van or to buy a ticket on a shuttle van when you can just do an Uber pool. We called the media people, but they have not. Fired. Yeah, they have not returned comment. I'm sure you're very nice people over there at Super Shuttle. I'm sorry about that one. You know, you mentioned the Uber and the Lyft deal, and I, I think this is a direct result of that. Yeah. Just like we've seen uh, retailers, you know, the latest one, Forever 21, being affected by the Amazon economy. And Walmart's trying to keep up, and the grocery stores are trying to keep up with the Amazon economy. Oh, absolutely. Um,. You know, I was mentioning this story to my wife yesterday, and she still doesn't understand the whole Uber Lyft deal. She just doesn't like the ride share. She, she says, why do I want to get into some rando's car? Well, I was trying to think of a way to explain it to her in a, in a way that she could understand, because she mm-hmm. still likes to go into a traditional cab with a cabbie and, and that sort of thing, because she says it's a company Mm. she's getting into a company car yes basically it's a company and not a person i think is her deal that she would rather be with that rather than just some person your wife's a lovely person can you just tell her she's wrong i mean is it okay (laughs) to just say sorry i mean they're basically the same thing but they're not no but they are but they're not but they are because one is a store and one is one is a home. That's not even true, though. Because oh, it most is. Of, but most of those cab drivers work as independent contractors where they're leasing from the company. So while it's a company car and the company is doing background checks, at the end of the day, it's the individual who is responsible for the upkeep of the car and for maintaining their own reputation. So is Subway and Wendy's. They are franchisees of... Yes, they are. No, but they're franchisees, but their owner, their employees are all still Subway employees, right? Like that. that no, that's a very because when I work for... Uh, Joe Burley, uh, Domino's Pizza, out mm-hmm. in the west side, that also, my first job here when I got to Colorado, was working at the Domino's Pizza inside the original Mile High Stadium. Yep. And it was owned by the this, this couple who had 12 or 13 Domino's restaurants. Joe Burley is what they named their company. Yep. And so that's where my checks came from. I worked for them. Let me say this more eloquently. There's a Starbucks inside the Target right next to me, and it's a shit show. For lack of a better term, right? They can't get any employees in there. If somebody calls out sick, there's nobody to work it. There's no management there right now, so there's nobody to restock things. So they're constantly out of everything. It is a bad Starbucks, right? There is nothing different from them having a bad Starbucks than having a bad taxi driver than having a bad Lyft driver. They're all the same thing. You have bad apples in every bunch. So that's why I I think they're different because you have one, as you said, the Starbucks is part of a. Uh, part of a store. It's part of a franchised. bigger business. Right. That's a franchise Starbucks. It, so it, that's it, the equivalent of a bad franchisee or a bad taxi driver. Or a, da- no, or not a, a bad a taxi company. But the Lyft or Uber thing is these are independent people. Mm-hmm. It's like you uh, – that's what I was trying to tell her. Either you stay in a home, somebody's home, like a, a, a VRBO or a 
which they're now they're calling Verbo, yep. uh, or what? What is the the uh, Airbnb? You're staying in somebody's home, or you're staying in a hotel. You have a company, cab company, or you have somebody's just car. Yes, that, that's what. That's where the difference is. She still doesn't want to do it, and but because she's still in her head, would rather go to the hotel rather than somebody's. Airbnb home. But you understand why that's the problem with our society right now is that we want to trust the big box company because we believe in the brand of the company like your uh, Hampton Inn, like your Yellow Cab. We want to believe in that brand so much that we want to give value to the brand instead of going to somewhere that pays independent contractors and putting value in the real people that are doing the work. Yes. Well, see, and I understand that. I like staying at somebody's place. I like staying in these VRBOs or the Airbnbs. You have so many more options and the Homes and, and condos whatever are, are, are much nicer. You can work out better deals with them. I, I just like that system better than staying at a hotel. However, there are times I like staying at the traditional hotel. It's, I guess it's one of the reasons I don't like going to a bed and breakfast. Mm-hmm. I don't want to stay because I... I don't really want your breakfast. I just want to be left alone. Listen, at the end of the day, if you're paying for a ride share, you're going to end up in somebody's dirty car. Does it matter if it's painted yellow or not? Now, the Twitter search, when I was searching Twitter for Super Shuttle over the last several months, I, re- I saw a lot of Twitter messages that the service was terrible and they would never ride it again. And it, it, the drivers probably knew at that point yep. that they were out. Mm-hmm. And then it was just recently, the uh, last couple of days, that it was announced on the Super Shuttle web- website that they're done. They're out. I wonder how many cities are next. What's the next city where, that they're, that that Super Shuttle well, is going to pull out? But of? but how many other services like Super Shuttle are offered? That, that can't be the only big van hauling people to the airport, right? It's one of the major ones, and right. I know they're big in in you know New York City, the big travel destination. Mm-hmm. I I doubt they're as big now uh, in the travel destinations like Las Vegas or or Orlando. I'm out. I'm out. Shark Tank. <laughs> Shark Tank. <laughs> Let me take you to Southwest England, Joseph, and the town of Dorset, where a driver was stopped by police for speeding. And when the officer asked the man why he was speeding, he had a ripper of an excuse. He claimed he was trying to reach his destination as fast as possible to escape the stench coming from the passenger's offensive gas. Yep, the passenger was farting. And apparently the smell was so bad, he wanted to get going as fast as he could. Now, I, I would have just opened all the windows and, and turned on the air conditioner full blast, but this guy decided to go as fast as he could. Mm-hmm. The officers didn't smell anything, so they could not verify the excuse was valid. Oh, oh man. One of the officers did say, we couldn't help but smile, presumably if it was true, he was hoping that by going faster, it might blow the aroma out of the car a little bit quicker. Yeah. Problem solving. Yes, problem solving. Speaking of needing fresh air, a flight in China was delayed for an hour, and a woman was detained by police after she opened the emergency exit for a, quote, a breath of fresh air, unquote. The crew briefed the woman, who apparently was in her 50s, about the rules for sitting in the exit row and right next to the emergency exit, 
and reminded her not to touch the buttons that open the emergency exit unless it is an emergency. They did not let her stay in the emergency exit row. Oh, of course they did. Get her out of there. There are always willing volunteers for the emergency exit row. I've never been more willing to be a first responder in my life than when I'm on a plane and they say, can we get somebody for the emergency exit row? Clearly, she was testing out her newly learned skills because she shortly after opened the emergency door as soon as the flight attendant turned around to help someone else. She was taken off the plane and the flight resumed normally without her interfering with the flight after about an hour. Now, the joke here is that Why'd she open the door to get fresh air when we all know they don't have any fresh air in China? (laughs) You're just going to let that one breathe? Should I say something? It was a good joke. It was a good joke. What's this world coming to, Joseph? You can't just ask that. There's a 10-year-old girl who recorded video of her mother driving drunk before calling the police. 31-year-old Stephanie Davis of Glendale, Arizona... She was arrested at about 4.15 in the afternoon on suspicion of aggravated DUI. Aggravated because she had kids in the car. The 10-year-old, and 10-year-olds are 4th, 5th grade. Smart. They showed Glendale police officers the video of her mom driving drunk. In the video, you can hear the voices of three children, all under the age of 15, yelling at the mother to stop driving before she gets into a crash. Officers say the lady was staggering around outside the car when they arrived at the scene. They say she admitted to drinking wine, but would not say anything else. Police say there was an extreme order of alcohol coming from the woman and that she had bloodshot eyes and watery eyes, a red flushed face, slurred speech, and mood swings. So police, police accosted her and found out she was hammered. <laughs> She was also unbalanced and was swaying. Probably not to the music, or maybe the music that was just playing over and over in her head. She was arrested. She's awaiting her court date, as well as her Mother of the Year award. I mean, are we allowed to make fun of drunk driving? Is that a topic that's it's not, off it's limits? Just seriously. It's just sad, man. It is. And for, seriously, if 10-year-old taking the video, how many times do you think this has happened with this woman before they finally took video of it? Oh, uh, they, obviously they, several. That That is a 10-year-old who knows what drunk is, who knows when her mother is drunk or his mother is drunk, and who's seen it before all the time and probably believes that the mother is, in fact, a drunk and is probably right. And was doing the right thing in trying to protect his or her brothers and sisters. Can you imagine being that age and having to shout at your own mother, stop driving, you're going to crash the vehicle? No, I couldn't. I mean, it's just disgusting, man. It is. It's just disgusting. And, and, and on the one hand, it makes you sad because it's like, well, anybody can be a parent. On the other hand, it gives you hope because anybody can be a parent. <laughs> we can all do it, Jason. You're doing a great job. Well, thank you. But it takes work, you know. And, yeah. and my my girls ask me all that uh, all the time. They say, "Is it hard to be a daddy?" I said, "No, anybody can be a daddy, but it's hard to be a good father." Yep. Um, that's yep. where the hard work comes and, in. And this is a woman who is a mom, but not a good mother. Tesla owners are already making a mess of parking lots around the country. With the latest auto drive software update that came from Tesla. These are your favorite cars from your favorite guy. Elon Musk. Tesla released their new Smart Summon software. It's a feature that is supposed to allow drivers to basically summon their cars from as far away as 200 feet. 
I'm sorry. Are, are we too lazy to walk 200 feet now? Yes. And there are videos that have been posted to Twitter and Instagram and the others that these Teslas are trying to get through these parking lots, but there are some bugs to work out right oh now. In many of the videos where these people are testing out the feature in parking lots where there are real people walking around and real cars driving around, they are testing out these Teslas and nearly hitting pedestrians, nearly hitting other cars. They almost hit a, a pole in one of these videos. It, one of them almost ran into another car that was coming off of the street, and, the, and, and it, they almost went, but both the driver, the driver of the, of the car that was coming off the street, and the Tesla, it, it sensed, must have sensed that other car was like an immediate collision. They both stopped. Why is this bad news? Well, of course it's bad news because people think their their Tesla is a level five uh, autonomous car, and it's not. No, they're just panicking. You just said almost hit a pole, almost hit a bicycle, almost hit another driver. I heard didn't hit a pole, no. didn't hit a bicycle, didn't hit another driver. One one of the cars did hit another. One of the Teslas did hit another car. Well, that's still a pretty good average compared to the every other driver in America. And one guy who thought it was safer to try it out at his house rather than a parking lot, which is actually a better idea. <laughs> it is. But when the car pulled forward, it ran into the side of his garage, leaving a huge dent in the side of his car. So I guess I, I misunderstood this part of the story. It's not that Tesla unveiled this and they're working on it and it's going to be available in your car in a couple of years. It's that they unveiled it and you can do it right now. And everybody is trying it and testing it out well, right now. that's totally different. Why are we doing that, Tesla? This is why everybody hates Elon Musk, because he gives you things and he says, I don't know if it works. Here you go. Go for it. And that one driver who uh, had his car hit another one, he was wondering about the issue of insurance because he thinks it shouldn't be him since he technically wasn't driving the car. But, of course, it is going to be him because he was in control of the car. Mm-hmm. Well, no. He, he was in control of the car. He had it on the app, and you summon nope. the car, and it comes to you. Elon Musk needs to be paying that ticket, man. Oh, right. I'm sorry. He trusted in the company that said... Use this feature, and it'll come to you. So he pressed the button, and it didn't work. That's not his fault. That's the company's fault. Well, the company says that drivers are still responsible for their car, and they have to monitor their surroundings at all times and be within their line of sight because the car still may not be able to detect all obstacles. What kind of jackass gives you a feature that is specifically designed for you to not have a driver in the car and then says it's the driver's responsibility to make sure the thing doesn't get into a crash? Because we're not there yet. We, we remember He last just week, released it to everybody. It doesn't what do you mean, mean we're not there we're yet? We're not there yet. We just spoke last week to Dr. Lance Elliott. Remember that about full autonomy? He said we're not there yet. We probably will never be there for years and years and, and years. Then how in the world is this man allowed to release this technology to everybody because it's elon musk and he does what he wants he has his own car company he has his own uh rocket company he wants to send people to the moon it's elon musk and he does what he wants is the smartest thing you've said put him in jail he he has a car that's still floating out there in space somewhere this is reckless speculation there's no way he pays his taxes just put him in jail on tax evasion and figure out what he did wrong later I don't think that's the way our system of justice works. It was Dr. Elliot who was detailing in in great depth about autonomous technology and where we are now and where we could be in the future. It was actually a great interview if you go back one episode and listen to it. We're, We're not close to full autonomy. 
No matter what Elon and his little Teslas and his spaceships say, we're not there yet. I'm. I'm. How is that allowed? How is that allowed? The, I. You know what? I don't know. I don't know because these are expensive experiments. These people with these expensive cars are doing. It's not a twenty-five dollar toy drone that you can just crash and it's okay because you can go buy another one on Amazon. These are cars that are very expensive. Well, and cars kill people. As we've discussed several times on this podcast, cars kills bicycles, cars kill pedestrians. Well, yeah, imagine cars if kill a, people. imagine if a, a kid had run out from mom's uh, minivan un, and, and was trapped under one of these self-driving Teslas, going to pick up some lazy jackass who can't get out of the front door of the Walmart to get in his car. And what you just described is the perfect scenario because we're testing this thing out in parking lots, right? Again, we're testing out in, a feature in live parking in lots time. with real people. Yep. Where where is a child? most likely to break away from their parent and go sprinting towards something a parking lot exactly why are we doing this why are we doing this i don't i genuinely like somebody should step in and say we shouldn't be doing this guys because this there's no way this should be allowed right now it's the problem with mixing and i i asked dr elliot about this last week it's it's the problem about mixing human drivers with no drivers and having autonomous cars, whether it be in a parking lot or, or driving down Broadway, with human drivers. And that mix is not a good one. Because human drivers believe other human drivers are in that other human driving car, and they're not. This is, this is uh, Jason, this is the most offensive damn thing I've ever seen. And discussed on this podcast, we've done 150 episodes. I've never seen anything like this. Yes. The American government is just like, yeah, sure. Test out this feature. Autonomous driving in parking lots. Whatever. Whatever. No regulation. No no sign of approval. Just, just no, go for that's it. exactly. And, th- and that is obviously a problem right now because Elon can just throw whatever he wants into his car and and people are just going to go, "All right, this sounds good to me. Let's go ahead and drive 70 down the freeway and I can take a nap." That's happening right now. There are videos of people sleeping while they are "Quote unquote," driving their Tesla, and they're not driving it. The car is in this auto feature mode, and maybe it's not ready for that. We're not ready for that. Yeah, I. Uh... But you're right. I don't know how he gets away with just saying, "All right, let's go ahead and give this a shot." Hey, engineers, let's go ahead and throw all that software. Just go ahead and download it right now. I'll tell you what. If these videos are everything that you're describing them to be, I don't think he's going to get away with it for much longer. I mean, we're coming up on Black Friday shopping season. People are going to be out for the holidays in mass in parking lots. Yes. Do you really want somebody in a Tesla trying to bring their car up to the front so they don't have to walk to it in the snow? No, I don't. No, that's a horrible idea, and that's exactly what we're going to say. It is. You're right. It's, it is exactly what we're going to see, and I, I can only see this going badly. And even though there's that disclaimer from Tesla saying that you are still in control of this car even though you are not driving it and it's technically driving itself, it still can't see every obstacle around because it's going basically on the sensors that are on the car and on GPS to come over to where your phone is. That's basically where it's trying to go, to the phone where the app is running. So you know how 
it's yes. not super accurate right now. Any of the GPSs without 5G, it's still it's still not super accurate, and, not super fast. And for our listeners right now, just imagine if you're getting off a highway exit, how long it takes for your phone to realize that you're on an on ramp instead of on the highway anymore. Right. right. Yes. That, that's how accurate it is. Now imagine your Tesla is trying to find you in the same scenario. And it runs over a child in the meantime. Well. Or somebody. We or, or it just like bumps a bicycle. Either way, it's an inconvenience. Or somebody's disability dog. We don't need to test it out in a parking lot where like, I mean, at the end of the day, if my car gets dented by a Tesla because it, it, it's we're just testing out this summon technology, I'm going to be mad. And yeah, I want Elon Musk to pay for it. And you would sue. You're going to go over there and get. Uh, yeah, I'm going to call Bacchus and Shanker. I'm going to have one of our many employees who drives a Tesla test out this summon feature and hit my car, and I'm taking it straight to the muskrat, baby. It's done. My lawyers, Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe, okay. <laughs> will be all over this. <laughs> There's another zinger for you. You like that one, too? Beautiful. Changing gears a bit, there's no doubt that some people take a lot of pride in their vanity or specialized license plates. Now, here in Colorado... Those kind of people, as well as just about anybody, will have the exclusive chance to win one of several vanity license plate configurations at a state auction that's going on right now. It's a really interesting idea, so we wanted to learn more about it, so we invited Doug Platt. He's a communications manager for the Disability Funding Committee. And Doug, thanks for being here on the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. I have nothing better to do. This is this is absolutely the highlight of my career. <laughs> oh, perfect. I was just hoping for the highlight of your day, but hey, career, I'll go with that as well. So, so this uh, auction for these license plates. Tell me what what license plates are being auctioned. Okay, so there are actually two auctions that are going on as a result of this big event. The first one is an online auction. And the online auction is actually active and live right now. People can go on to our website, coloradoplates.org. That's all one word, coloradoplates.org. And they can register for, to, to auction online for one of 20 different configurations. And they're all listed there, but some of them include uh, you know, the word quick, GTI, rocket, uh, Jaguar. <laughs> so there's 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 20 different configurations that you can bid on online, and that auction online auction is going to be open uh, until October 12th. Then on October 12th itself, okay, there are going to be five special plates that you can only get at a live auction. Uh, at a place that we're, we're going to be at called the Vehicle Vault. It's down near Parker Road um, in Lincoln. But those five plates are, are pretty special. One of them is McLaren. One of them is Bentley. Then one is M3 for the BMW fans out there. C8 for the new Corvette. And 911 for Porsche uh, aficionados. Oh, I would, I'm I surprised that you would allow a 911 license plate with obviously the emergency implications with 911. Yeah, that's, uh, but it's one that's been allowed. It's one that we've got reserved. And so, like I say, the Porsche 911 folks, uh, they're very excited about it. So, But you could also get the McLaren plate if you own a Dodge Charger. Right. I mean, Anyone, you know. <laughs> right. This is. Yeah, you can. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's open for anybody. I mean, the beautiful part about this is the money that we raise from this auction uh, eventually is going to go into grants to help Colorado's disability community. So so it's a real unique kind of a different program that the, the state legislature set up for us. So why do you have those five license plates separated from the other license plates that are being available for auction? Well, we felt that those, you know, those sort of command a little bit of special interest. The folks that that uh, uh, might be potential bidders for McLaren and Bentley, uh, we wanted a little bit of excitement around that. We wanted to give them an opportunity to to kind of get into the get into the spirit of a live auction. So, so we isolated. We 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 picked those five plates specially uh, for this, you know auto enthusiast crowd how much money do you expect to be raised for the online auction as well as the live auction you know that's a mystery to us uh jason this is this is the first time this is like the really big push this is our first big launch event where we've auctioned this many plates off at once we've done a little bit of market testing done some soft launch stuff but we we really i mean like with any auction all you need are two people that are interested and and it could go sky high and obviously if you think about who the potential bidders are for McLaren and Bentley uh, and for, you know, the Corvette C8 owners, those guys, uh, you know, if they get a little bit competitive, the sky's the limit. I'm speaking with communications manager for the Disability Funding Committee, Doug Platt, about special license plates that are up for auction right now through the state of Colorado. As I was looking, uh, Doug, through some of these license plates, I see one is, it says L8, L8, L8. Is that just late, late, late? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, there's one. Uh, oh, so uh, I guess it's O S O B A D. Oh, so bad. Uh, oh, so bad. There's burnout. Hang, hang on. Hang H-A-N-G-O-N. on. Right. There's one that's a zero O zero O zero O. I don't get that one. Zero O. It looks oh, like it's a zero O zero. All, all O's. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's it's when we thought that there might be some interest. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> uh, 16V dub. Volkswagen. Oh, okay. Volkswagen, a VW. Okay. All right. All right. I, all right. I get that one, Arnett. Uh, quick, hang on. Okay, I understand those. Uh, what is this? Uh, P-L-M-K-R-Z-Y. Oh, that's plum crazy. Plum crazy. See, you have to decipher. My, my father-in-law <laughs> had one that was for Tubinator. It was like T-U-B-A-N-8-R, and he's right. a tuba player, but nobody could figure it out because <laughs> it is so specialized. The creativity stuff, um, the, you know, the regular configuration process, we're not usurping the Department of Motor Vehicles, uh, you know, for folks who want to go in and create one of their own specialty configurations. The ones that we have are, are reserved. The specific ones are reserved for us, uh, like I say, to, to help generate these funds. So, so we've got a finite number of these configurations that we have available to the Disability Funding Committee uh, for this purpose. And how did they, these license plates, come back to you? Well, there, there are two sort of two key ways that we got uh, control of certain configurations. Uh, some of them, um, and, and you're not seeing a lot of them in, these, uh, in this auction, but some of them are, are, have never been issued before. They were never authorized before uh, the creation of this committee. For example, single digits. 
Um, so you can probably imagine uh, here in Denver and in Colorado, the number seven probably uh, it would be a pretty popular plate. Uh, double digits, the number 18, would probably be a real popular plate uh, for, for some folks to, to get. So, so, we, so we got some of these when they created the DFC and, and they released certain configurations that had never been released before. That's one way that we got some of the configurations in our inventory. The other way is if somebody has a configuration on a plate and they allow the registration to lapse, okay, they don't re-register their car. For 12 months after that, that registration expires, the general public can go out and someone can pick it up. Someone can snag it if, if somebody who's holding a registration uh, lets it go. And then after that 13th month, in the 13th month, if it's been released and no one has picked it up, then the DFC has the ability to reserve it. And for example, that's how we got Bentley. That's how we got the, um, that's how we got the configuration Bentley. It was, it was in someone's possession. Somebody had reserved it and, and registered it. And then in about 2012, I think it was, they allowed that registration to lapse. And nobody picked it up during the next 13 months, so then we reserved it. And it has not been available since basically 2013, is 2012, that, 2013. Is, is that one of those things where somebody had Bentley, let it lapse, and then maybe just nobody had an idea over that next year that they could either apply for it or that it was available? It's, it's probably not advertised that, hey, by the way, this cool license plate name is now available. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I don't believe the DMV uh, promotes those that have been those that have been uh, surrendered. But, but uh, that's that's the whole DMV side of the process that we're not involved in. We don't get involved until we request we request a list from the DMV of plates that have been released, and then we can reserve them. Do these license plates have to go onto a car if somebody? buys it, do they have to register it to a vehicle or can they just hang it up on their wall in the garage? Well, okay, so you don't have to register it to a car. So you're, you're, you're basically, you're, you have the right to the configuration, but you're not required to register it to a car. Now, if you want to produce a license plate that has that configuration on it, then you have to then you have to register it. The the DMV will not produce a license plate that isn't registered to a vehicle. So if you have, let's say for example, you are the successful winner of Bentley, but you don't want to put it on your Bentley, you could get like you could get a you know you could get a mock-up of the plate done, but you wouldn't have an actual real license plate produced by Correctional Industries. So that way, since we have a lot of uh, listeners that are out of state, could somebody who's out of state buy one of these that's on the auction and then hold that name if they live uh, outside Colorado. Yes. Yes. And, and another interesting feature of, of the auction process, um, in, in Colorado, you can't transfer license plates. So, for example, if you own a car and it's registered and it has a vanity plate, and let's say you want to gift it to your, your 16-year-old son, you can't gift him the plate. You'd have to. You'd either have to stay registered to you, or if you if you you know if you re-register the car, you 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 can't you know you can't give him the plate. 
with the auction process, okay, with the DFC auction that we're holding right now, once you win the configuration, you have one chance to gift it at the time that you at the time that you win before it gets registered. So let's say, for example, um, you win the auction, you win Bentley, and you have a really good friend that just bought a brand new Bentley, and you think that this would be a great gift. Right after you win it at auction, you can gift that to your friend. That's pretty neat. I I, I so would imagine I would I would like to have friends who have the money to buy Bentleys. <laughs> uh, I don't yeah. right now. <laughs> and so so, but is that also a way? Since you said you can't really uh, pass along your license plate or or license plate names, let's say I had one that was Jason, and I let it lapse. And within that time, let's say a couple weeks after I let it lapse, my daughter then wants to use that license plate, or I had, let's say, Luber, and she wants it on her car, Then she, but she could pick it up just like anybody else could pick it up. Yeah, yeah. Once it, uh, you know, that, and that's, again, that's, that's a process that's independent of us. That's a DMV thing. But you'd have to follow whatever the DMV rules are. But if it was available and she was able to get it through the DMV process down at her county DMV office, then she could get it. And, just, and that's just sort of a, it's sort of like fishing. You just sort of catch it if you can. Is this an idea that came about from another state, or how did the idea come about? You know, the legislature came up with this concept a number of years ago, and as they looked around the country, they 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 found some models, but there's not anything really like this anywhere else in in the country. Uh, Texas has has a program where they auction off. Uh, specialty license plates, but they're not configurations. They're more like those vanity plates that we have. Um, the state of Delaware has something where it allows for basically private transactions for people to sell license plate configurations amongst each other and just notify them. But there's there's no program just like Colorado's anywhere else in the U.S. that we've identified. This is a real unique opportunity. Tell me a bit about the Disability Funding Committee. What does it do and who does it help? Well, their charge is, uh, their mission is to provide grants to organizations that, that provide new and innovative ideas for helping Colorado's disabled citizens. So they ultimately, at the end, of, the end game of this whole fun process of auctioning off uh, license configurations is to generate money so that they can turn around and issue grants to groups that help disabled Coloradans, and and that's that's you know that's our ultimate goal is to is to help folks uh, with accessibility and to help folks uh, lead a better life here in the state. If this goes well, or uh, even if it doesn't go well, do you plan on doing this in another six months, in another year, maybe every year? Well, I'll tell you, we're going to hopefully take this momentum and keep going. So right after the live auction, there's going to be another uh, another online auction that's queued up. And, and, and so we're going to try to hopefully keep an auction out there all the time. The interesting part about this is, you know, of course, uh, we're looking at configurations that are, are exciting and mean a lot to the car community, to the car aficionados. But there are a lot of uh, configurations that we have that appeal to different audiences. They appeal to maybe pet lovers or to movie buffs or to sports fanatics. 
And so we'll have different themed auctions throughout the year. Now that we've, we're launching this process, we hope to have, and we can out, we can have multiple auctions in the marketplace at the same time. So you may be able to go onto our website at coloradoplates.org and see two or three auctions going on at the same time. Maybe one for car fans, and maybe one that's um, one that's geared toward a new movie premiere that's coming out, or or one that's geared towards uh, towards pet lovers. So so we're going to have a lot of different auctions coming up in the near future now that we've got this process up and rolling. All right, Doug, tell us again how somebody, if they're in Colorado or even out of Colorado, they want to be a part of this, how can they do that? Go online to Colorado Plates. That's all one word, coloradoplates.org. And then register. Go in and take a look at all the configurations. See if there's something that you're interested in bidding on and just Go go for it. Just go for it. You're you know you're, you'll be you'll be getting something fun. Uh, you'll be getting something uh, unique and exclusive, and you're going to be helping some great folks in Colorado, uh, the disabled community that we care so much about. Fantastic. Thank you, Doug, for being here on the show. We appreciate your time. Jason, thanks for having us. Again, that was Doug Platt, communications manager for the Disability Funding Committee. If you want to take part of this auction, whether you live out of state or you live here in Colorado, the website link is included on the description of this show, and that's an easy way to go be a part of this auction as well as the other ones that are coming up uh, over the next couple of months. Okay, it was a year and a half ago when I detailed, right here on this very program, my experience on the Amtrak from Denver to Glenwood Springs. Part of the experience was enjoying a meal in the dining car. Since we had three adults, we went into the dining car. We had four kids and three adults. And when you go in there, they are seats for four. And so the four kids sat around one table, and the adults, we had three adults around another table. Mm. And the way they do it on the Amtrak is if there's an open seat, they'll fill it with either a single person, like happened to us, or with another couple. And so you're sitting around this table on Amtrak, and you are all breaking bread together with random people okay. who are also traveling on the train with you. I, I found it a bit odd. Did did you break bread with the other travelers, or did you sit with your family and not talk to anybody else? No, we had we had to, because I, I was sitting right next, I mean, shoulder to shoulder with this guy. Yeah. And we were all eating together. So it was me and my wife and my sister-in-law and this guy... And then, and then the next table over was my two daughters and her son and daughter. Okay. And then there was this guy. And it was fine. I guess it was an interesting experience because I, I like to occasionally talk to people and, and get to know them. That's why I like this program because I can get to know people and interview them uh, without actually having to be with them. Yes, but there's a big difference because the cost of entry on this program is that you have to know something about transportation most of the time, and you have to be interesting, and we have to have read your work, whereas the cost of entry on a train car is literally just a train ticket, and we know the kinds of people that buy train tickets. Yes, we certainly do. I was glad it was just one meal and no more than that. And and the food really wasn't the greatest. Shocking. Not the greatest. It, it wasn't the worst either, but it was overpriced because we were on a train Again, not super tasty because we were on a train. Some people like this experience. Live chef or microwave? No, live chef. Okay. For now. <laughs> and I say that 
because the whole experience is changing and it's changing quickly. Amtrak says it's reinventing its dining service on long trains. They are going to be killing the traditional dining car to create what they say is a more flexible and contemporary dining option. Amtrak says the change will start this fall, and it's driven by the desire to save money and lure a younger generation of new riders, chiefly you, millennials! Are Yay! they going to put a brewery on board? Do I get beer? Is it just a bar cart? They do have bar... Ba- they, well, they have a little observatory car, as I recall. You go downstairs, and they had a little snack shop. And they also had beer in there. It was like five bucks for a Coors Light, which is completely ridiculous. Mm, mm. They could sell a lot more if they dropped the price by a dollar or two. I'm going to blow your mind right now. You ready for this? You know how we bring back the railroad? How's that? Edible cart. You eat the cart? No, what? Edibles cart. See, oh, edibles. Okay. <laughs> because you'd have to be high to want to enjoy seven hours on a train from point <laughs> A to point B. So why not let people get high on the train from point A to point B? Why can't you just bring your own? Well, you can, but, they but probably, if you want the trains to make money, you turn it into an experience, a smoking cart. They have no smoking available on the trains. Um, <laughs> it's public transportation. Listen, can you imagine the hotboxing that would happen if you got a <laughs> oh train God. full of stoners from here to Durango? The problem with millennials is that they're always on the run. They're glued to their phones. They're not particularly keen on breaking bread with strangers at a communal table like I had to deal with. All right, Grandpa. That's one of the things... Though that I have in common with millennials. <laughs> I just want to be eating alone or with the, my, the people I came with, right? right? Not strangers. Uh, it, it's a, easy for me to talk to people. But that doesn't mean I want to talk to those people. Correct. Amtrak isn't labeling this change the end of an era with the dining car. But they say it's rather an evolution. More in line with the demands of this era. What marketing person came up with that? Somebody who is trying to sell trains to people. Now, due to this transition, Amtrak is doing away with a traditional onboard kitchen, switching to servicing prepackaged meals and easing restrictions on the traditional serving times. You know that gas station uh, sandwich that you love so much? Now you can get it on a train. Can you get those hot dogs that are on the endless rollers? I think so. I think so. It's going to look a lot like EW Chips. (laughs) <laughs> That's a joke no one's going to get. Where have I heard of that? It's our third floor break room. Ah, gotcha. All right, that's why. Uh, okay, so the change... <laughs> now, this change allows the railroad to cut costs associated with cooking on board, and they keep up with a white tablecloth service. As one, they, they say it was once known to rival high-end restaurants and clubs. No, it wasn't. No, it never did that. Are you sure? Ever. I remember the Roaring Twenties. The dining car was the place to be. This, my friend, is not the 1920s. <laughs> this is the 2020s. <laughs> By the way, I want this to happen. I want Barbara Walters okay. on New Year's Eve to say at the time of the, I'm Barbara Walters, and this is 2020. It- See, I, I like where your head's at. I like where your head's at. It's got to be Hugh Downs, man. Oh, Hugh, is he still alive? I have no idea, but he's the OG. Love Hugh Downs. Uh, I've never had an experience on any train that would rival a club or high-end restaurant. 
<laughs> really? And I and I imagine, or at least I would hope, that these pre-packaged meals are going to be better than the EW Chips Cafe or the Circle K or the Wawa. <laughs> I get it. Some people like the dining car. Mm-hmm. They they like that whole experience. They view it as nostalgic, going back to the days gone by. Uh, but that's just not reality anymore. Right. It's just not. No. It's not how people want to be. No. And there aren't enough of those people buying train tickets and riding the trains to make them survive. Right, because they would rather take an airplane because that is efficient. People nowadays, the younger people, they are more closed off, I think, than the older generation because of their phones. They are more comfortable texting with somebody who's even sitting across from them or posting videos or pictures on their social media and interacting with with people that way well no that's true and when you're on a listen if you're on a train full of people the last thing i want to do is be having a conversation that everybody else can listen to when we've been when my wife and i have been on a plane and our phones are on airplane mode but we're connected to wi-fi we'll text each other rather than talk to each other because like i don't need the third person in our row or the people in the row ahead of us or behind us listening to us if we're not going to have like a whisper conversation yeah we'll just text each other especially especially we're going to be talking smack about the crying child or the sneezing woman to the right of us i'll do that any regardless well yes Jason, and, and then those people will hear me and that's okay some of us have a little uh, finesse if you will i have none yes i have none of that i have none of that decorum or probably good taste uh, you got good taste i'm looking at this tie right now i can see good taste oh you like that yeah uh you know and i don't think any of the millennials really as, as you said they want to interact with the other people. They just want to interact with themselves and their little network of, of people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, that therefore, the dining car is going away. Bam. They'd rather sit there and uh, create a funny TikTok video uh, than have a conversation with somebody on the train, at the dinner, or anywhere, really. Yeah. I mean, really, I just want to look at Facebook, scroll well, through Well, see, it. you're not. You're, you're still. You're too old for even TikTok. I'm not... <laughs> The TikTok is for the, uh, that the high might, school kids. That might be the meanest thing you've ever said to me. It's for the high school kids. I see Molly Hendrickson on it every single day. Well, she has the mentality of a high school kid. Uh, <laughs> doesn't she? I, I'm not lying here. I'm not putting my name on the record saying that. Now, there are other changes coming to the Amtraks as well. The passengers in these roomettes and bedrooms... They will be considered premium riders. They're going to have the choice to have their meals delivered to their rooms. And if desired, they'll be able to use their new version of the dining car open exclusively just to them with booths, but without that white linen that everybody is all gaga about. Eventually, Amtrak said it may get rid of the booths altogether and just create a more contemporary lounge setting. I'm not sure exactly what that is, but it's probably just a few chairs for you to sit anywhere. Can I plug in my phone? That's probably one of the features. There we go. Then I'm in. I mean, it's really as simple as that. If I can plug in my phone on an airplane, I'm much more likely to use that airplane again than I would be to use a different airline. Like in the morning, passengers will be able to pick up a pastry and coffee from a buffet-style continental breakfast instead of getting ham and eggs. Those are the two worst words in the country. Continental breakfast? I hate it. Have you ever had a good continental breakfast? No. No. It's just... Dried pastries and coffee. Dried out packaged pastries. Like, just get me some fresh muffins, people. But you know what Amtrak is doing with this move? They are not only trying to attract people, but they are also saving money. 
Lots and lots of money. About $2 million, they think, a year. Is that a lot of money for Amtrak? For Amtrak, they need all the money they can That's get. That's true. Penny pension. Now, the new dining options are part of Amtrak's larger version for long-distance trains. In coming months, it's going to be refreshing the train interiors, replacing old cloth-covered seats with fake leather cushions that provide lumbar support. It will update the bedding, the towels, the linens for sleeping cars, and debut the new Viewliner 2 sleeping car for trains on the East Coast. The first addition to its sleeper fleet in more than 25 years. That's because these trains are still 1,800 technologies in now the year 2000. Let's bring them up to the 21st century, man. Duck Dodgers, that stuff. <laughs> the decision to scrap the traditional dining car has, though, drawn some criticism from rail aficionados. And it has inspired a Change.org petition signed by about 4,000 people. <laughs> That's going to change the minds. That's not going to urge the railroad to do anything differently than they're doing right now. No, no. Nice try, but it's not going to work with that few amount of people. And if we had more people buying train tickets and insisting that they had these dining cars this wouldn't be an issue right now mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i mean obviously it's about money and the changing culture and the changing uh behavior of people and life is changing so fast that businesses can't keep up and if and if they don't try to keep up they're going to be left behind and that's exactly what amtrak is happening i, I i'm a bit surprised kids would want to actually ride on a long distance train anyway Rather than fly, because the tickets are about the same if you buy something on Spirit or Frontier or Allegiant, you're not going to pay probably much difference between the train and the uh, flights. No, if anything, you'd be surprised at how many bus tickets and train tickets wind up being more expensive than right. the plane tickets that you would think would be cheaper. And then you talk about, like, yes, it's the same amount of money for me to take a plane from here to Boston as it is to take a train from here to Boston. How much longer do you think the train ride is going to take, Jason? The only reason you might want to take the train over the plane is one you might be scared out of your mind to take the plane or weather might be a problem where the planes are grounded but the train can get through that, that i could only imagine that might be the option who's who is scared of planes these days uh people we gotta get over that man plane isn't isn't flying like the safest way you can get around statistically yes Yes, i would fly to work if i could it's that safe well that's because they don't let all these jackballs out here on the <laughs> fly an airplane they're allowed to drive a car that's that's correct i had some lady yesterday i was trying to merge onto the highway and she on purpose sped up so i couldn't merge and i just pulled in behind her she sped up i saw it and then immediately i'm talking moments later she had to put her brakes on because she had sped up and was about to slam into traffic that was slowed just up ahead of her we have to come up with a name for that because i that is a move that i've only seen in colorado i've never lived in another place where people speed up to make sure that you can't merge into the lane in front of them and it was ridiculous because i pulled in behind her moved over to the next lane that was open and then passed her mm -hmm. so i was ahead of her anyway and she was stuck in that slow traffic like a dumb bunny <sighs> yes like a dumb bunny, and I and I as I and I drove by, I looked over and she had her hat and she she just kept looking straight, and I waved. I said thank you. Mm -hmm. I didn't give her the finger or anything. I mean, just waved. <sighs> hmm. 
get so frustrated. If you want to give us a call, give us some feedback, we are here for you. Here's the number, 832-0217. Use that 303 area code. Does anybody say area code anymore because nobody's in those areas? Correct. Like your phone has probably got a New England area code, right? No, no? my wife's does, yeah. See? Yeah. It's, everybody just takes, I think that number is going to become your social security number. Correct. They're going to tattoo it on you and you're going to use it to pay for things at the grocery store. You'll just swipe your hand and they'll say, yeah. oh, I got you. Right. Eventually that number will be your number for the rest of your life. Uh, but again, 303-832-0217. I just tested it before the program here and it works. Goes right to the message. But don't take our word for it. Test it yourself. Find out. Yes, please do. Please test it over and over again. And let us know what you think. Uh, there you go. There, uh, there's the program. Thanks again to Doug Platt for uh, joining us here, talking about the uh, the interesting license plate things. And again, it, it, you don't even have to live or, or be a resident of Colorado if you want to be a, a part of that. So. Yeah, you can you can buy my registration. Yeah, I'll go take, ahead. I'll take any of those. <laughs> How great would it be to see a Nissan Versa with a Bugatti license plate on? See, I asked. Yeah, I I think that would be perfect. I think it'd be perfect. All right. Well, thanks again for being here, for listening. And until next time, I'm Jason Luber, the traffic guy. I'm the Bugatti boy, Joseph Peters. Be safe. And as always, happy motoring.